This week on TechCast, Elon backs out of the Twitter purchase, we rank streaming services, dig into video game teasers, and get hype for the James Webb Telescope first images. All this and more coming right now. Welcome to TechCast, a weekly podcast diving into tech headlines and deep dives into potentially big stories that could change the industry as we know it. I'm Jake. And I'm Ben. All right, Ben. Uh, so we got a, a fairly light one this week. We didn't have a whole lot of big news jump out other than today. Uh, some very big news happened, and we'll, we'll get to that shortly. Uh, but to start, uh, I guess we can jump right into the the big breaking news that happened just a couple hours ago. Uh as expected, Elon Musk is trying to back out of the Twitter deal, um, stating exactly what uh, all of us kind of thought he was going to try to run on, which is uh, Twitter lying about the bot count of the number of users. That's the the hill he's trying to die on, I suppose. Uh, so, what do you th- what do you think about all this? Well, it just it makes me kind of wonder of what his game was from the start, because like I don't think you can get so passionate about buying it and then all of a sudden realize oh shit there's way more bots using this than i thought there was like it almost feels like he's trying to expose something right yeah i mean maybe but i don't know why that because that doesn't benefit elon at all it's like elon's bot army is massive so if he's trying to put a spotlight on the fact that there's a bot problem that actively undermines like a lot of his power on twitter I mean, this there's still a lot of crazy, like AI, weird Elon nerds, but like. This is his position, though, that AI is trying to take over. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I think he just um, got caught with his pants down and uh, didn't really want to actually buy Twitter. You know what? It honestly feels a lot like how I felt about Trump running for president, where it was kind of <laughs> done as a joke, but then got so like stuck in the joke that they just kept going for it. And then went, oh, no, I don't actually want to do this. But see, Elon, credit where credit's due, is smart enough to back out, even if he does have to pay something for it. Well, he can afford to he can afford to back out. Um, but I mean, yeah, you, you got to commit. You got to do it for the vine. Right. Exactly. Uh, yes. So there's a lot of stuff that came out with this, too. Uh, Twitter is like adamantly saying, no, we expect the, the deal to go through um, the Twitter board chairman tweeted today saying that the board is committed to closing the transaction uh, on the price and terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk and plans to pursue legal action to enforce the merger agreement. We are confident we will prevail in the Delaware court of chancery. Uh, so yeah, they are, they're going all in. They, they want to make sure that this deal goes through or that Musk has to deal with it. So maybe this, maybe, maybe there's, maybe here's his play is I'm going to announce that I am buying Twitter so that stocks for Tesla plummet so I can buy up more stocks. <laughs> Boy, I mean, that would be, of all things... That, that sounds is, like an Elon uh, play. That sounds like an Elon thing, even though I don't know if he would ever admit to being to doing that. I mean, it's not like he hasn't done things in the past. I mean, there's a whole story this week about the committee that's looking into his uh, market manipulation stuff. That, exactly. And, and also the uh, the sexual harassment claims within uh, hmm. Tesla. And the, if the finding out that um, he has two secret children with an employee of Twitter. Uh, I mean, how secret that was to people close to Musk is unknown, but. Uh, right. Definitely secret to the majority of the people who look and care about anything Elon does. Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I think that'd be that'd be quite the wild move, but I don't think anyone at this point would be surprised if that's exactly what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, you can't. I don't understand how anyone can be that smart and and so well business minded, but be so naive. When it comes to market manipulation, when you have that large of a megaphone in your pocket at all times. Right. So that's, uh, that's kind of where I'm at on it. I, it just, yeah, it's just an idea. But yeah, that's fair. Um, additional information uh, that came out today about the uh, 
the backing out of the deal, um, the essentially the Twitter board or higher ups at Twitter, they're telling employees not to talk about it. So they released a memo um, that sent to the staff saying, team, today we noticed today we received a notice of. Uh, sorry, I'll start again. Uh, team, today we received a notice from Elon Musk and the Twitter board issued the following statement in response. The Twitter board is committed to closing the transaction on the price terms agreed upon with Mr. Musk. We already know that. Given that this is a, an ongoing legal matter, you should refrain from tweeting, slacking, or sharing any commentary about the merger agreement. We will continue to share information when we are able, but please know that we are going to be very limited on what we can share in the meantime. I know this is an uncertain time, and we appreciate your patience and ongoing commitment to the important work we have underway. So Twitter's legal counsel is uh, telling employees, no, don't talk about this. We, we want to keep tight-lipped on it because we want this to, to go up in flames, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, probably. It, it, I mean, hmm. I I think it's I think it can be said though that uh, Twitter's legal counsel will be more effective at uh, quieting many many of those voices than Elon Musk's legal counsel of quieting his single voice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, fair. Um, I mean, he has been pretty quiet though, just like. Personally, I haven't seen a whole lot of snarky Elon tweets recently. I think he well, because when the news came out about the uh, sexual uh, harassment or assault or, or whatever it was there, um, too, he made some pretty inappropriate comment, if I remember right, a, like a, a tweet about that, like kind of as a joke regarding that. Um, I haven't really seen much since then. Um, so I'm wondering the last if that thing I saw. And, he, you know, he tweets a, a hundred times a day, mm-hmm. so I don't get to see all of them. But the last one that really stood to me that I find fairly ironic now, especially with the secret children thing, was uh, he tweeted a graph of the whole uh, the number of children per household required to like replace the existing population, essentially replacing mm-hmm. the workforce uh, has been uh, under the sustainable limit for the last, I don't know, I think it's like a couple decades. Um, and Elon snarkily like tweeted something saying, oh, well, I'm certainly contributing to the greater good here, uh, you know, implying that, you know, he has had two kids with Grimes. But I think his total is now up to nine after these secret kids were announced. Uh, so, yes, he is definitely uh, over that two child child per uh, household limit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's well, yeah, lots of lots of Elon news coming out. Yes. Uh, but that's enough about Elon. This is still unfolding. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with the Twitter deal, what happens with Twitter in general. Also, what happens, obviously, to all the stocks. I mean, Twitter can tweet just a picture of a Shiba Inu and Dogecoin is affected by it. So the impacts of the market with as crazy and volatile as they've been in the last couple of years, there's a lot to look at here. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Ben, tell me about uh, anime. Yeah, so I, I I realize I'm very late to the party, but uh, I've been watching Hunter Hunter uh, or Hunter X Hunter. Um, both both have been said, I guess. Um, and I was watching it on HBO Max. Um, I got about I think I'm about halfway through what's currently available, um, and I went to watch it last week and realized it was no longer on HBO Max. Hmm. No notification or warning or anything. Just I was thoroughly confused. Did a couple of searches on HBO. Thought, well, maybe I'm just maybe it's Hunter Space X Space Hunter. Maybe it's Hunter X Hunter. Maybe I'd see a put Hunter and nothing came up whatsoever. Um, Crisis averted. It is on Netflix. I don't know how long it has been, but it is on Netflix. Also English dubbed. So I'm okay with that. Um, but it was a pain having to. Um, figure out exactly where I'm at because as we both know with animes a lot of times it's hundreds of episodes instead of see breaking down into seasons mm-hmm. and that sort of thing so it's a lot harder to find and pick up where you left off when you're not using the same streaming service so I guess my frustration lies in why do streaming services suck <laughs> <laughs> ah boy that's that that's the question isn't it uh yeah 
I mean, yeah, they really did did do. I mean, the platforms are generally not great. The content is a revolving door. Uh, agreements only go so long, and yeah, and the, usually the apps are terrible. So really, there's no, I guess, redeeming factor for them at all, other than the fact that they have content that we want to watch sometimes. Oh, right, exactly. Like I, I think. I mean, the only so like you, you mentioned like licenses and um, and wrote yeah rotating catalog and I mean really the only company that's been able to combat that for obvious reasons because they have a monopoly is Disney Plus um, because they are they it's all first party catalog for them um, but yeah with most other streaming services it's it's a rotating catalog um, and I think that. I wouldn't have a problem with that if there was a lot more transparency about when their contract may or may not be getting renewed for that catalog. Um, if I was informed uh, through the HBO Max app, um, hey, this is going to be dropping off at this point in time, uh, that would be great. Um, I think what infuriates me the most about HBO Max in particular is they have a section that's called, like, it, it references things that are leaving within the next or at the end of the month. But yet when I've been going directly to Hunter Hunter every time, there's no notification whatsoever that it's going to be leaving at the end of the Mm -hmm. month. So I go to start watching again in July and it's gone and there was no notification whatsoever. Yeah. And you'd think that they would, uh, they'd be able to make that happen really easily. Like if it's in your recently played and it's coming up at the end of the month, just a simple splash that's on your screen saying, hey, you've been watching this piece of content. We're losing at the end of the month. Just heads up, just so you know. Like, I know it doesn't doesn't work exactly this way, but Xbox Game Pass does a pretty good job of that, of letting you know what's coming and going every single month. Um, now, I, I don't know if I've ever run into the situation where I'm playing a game that's about to leave, but I imagine they have something like that that lets you know that the, that this is the game that's leaving. Now, obviously, the libraries are a lot smaller, and so it's different scales of what's coming and going, but still, yeah. it, it can't be that hard to to have some sort of trigger that says, this is in your recently watched, it is leaving, here you go. Well, and all I'm asking for, honestly, is if if there's just, um, I mean, if there could just be, like, with H- like, again, with HBO Max in particular, you have a continue watching section that has the tiles of everything mm-hmm. I'm currently going through just under that icon just put in red letters expiring soon or leaving soon um something like that doesn't even have to give me the date if i at least know it's leaving soon i'll do the legwork to figure out when it's leaving then just by doing a quick google search but there was no warning or notification whatsoever and i shouldn't have to rely on third-party outlets to figure out figure that out in the first place that should be something that they are communicating and then I can go to the third party outlets to figure out when it's leaving, if if need be. Well, I mean, in HBO Max's like defense there, the continue watching section is always in a different spot every time I open up the app. So like, <laughs> yeah. I don't use it anyway. So they probably just didn't think that you use that in the first place because it's never readily available. That's that's also true and crazy infuriating i don't i don't understand the logic of moving around continued watching i'm i'm sure it's a similar situation to putting uh milk and eggs in the corner of the grocery store they want you to get through other things first and go browse by them before you get to your continue watching but if that's the case too when i go to the grocery store at least i know the milk and eggs are always gonna be in that same spot why is continue watching not in that same spot (laughs) And this is just a small rant, too, but uh, I think it's HBO Max that does it the worst. But when you get to the end of an episode and the credits run, if I am done watching for the night and I back out, for some reason, HBO Max does not treat that as I have finished the episode. So and also the HBO Max app, when you continue watching a show, it doesn't take you to that show's page. It takes you right into that episode. So it doesn't skip ahead to the next episode going forward. It just starts playing the episode at the credits that you were just watching. And they have to back out, do a manual search for that that show to go to the episodes page to go to the next episode to start playing because it doesn't hit that threshold of saying, OK, we are done watching this episode now. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. And I think 
the the funny thing about that too, it, the one thing I, I will say in HBO Max's defense is I've experienced that too, but with animes in particular, where I, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave because I'm done watching as soon as the episode's over. But keep in mind, with most animes, you've got at least almost two minutes worth of credits rolling at the end there. So it may actually think that there's still a climax left in that episode. Well, and you know, a lot of animes do have post-credit stingers of like little slice of life right. jokes. So like, yeah, that's fair. But if I'm watching Veep, I don't want to watch the credits of Veep and then have to do a search for Veep to watch the next episode. Yes, yes. That's true. Um, I I think the other thing too I've noticed uh, with them in particular is um, if I'm watching like uh, when the Harry Potter movies first got, they fixed it now, but when the Harry Potter movies first got on HBO Max, um, if you finished a Harry Potter movie, you would have to back out of that screen to search for the other Harry Potter movie. They, They weren't in like a saga collection like they are now. And I just thought it was absolutely hilarious that I would have to go all the way back, search in a different spot again, or do the actual manual search rather than seeing suggested to me is the next Harry Potter movie. That I mean, that was kind of the way with Euphoria, too, where they had the special episodes. Do you watch Euphoria? Yes. Yep. So they had those special Rue and. Uh, um, gosh, it's Hunter Schaefer. I can't think of the character's Nate. name. No. Uh, the um, jewels. I really can't think. Jeez. Jewels. Okay. Wow. Yes. So they had the special Rue and Jewels episodes in between the seasons, um, and those were both listed as like their own special like series. It wasn't part of the Euphoria collection. So when you wanted to watch that, like if you just went to Euphoria, they weren't there. It was like bonus content. You had to search for those special episodes. When you finished one. You had to then go back out and search for the other episode to find it. They eventually like put it all together. But the first time I went to watch it, it was a pain in the ass to try to watch those two. I didn't know that was even a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then maybe they didn't fix it. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you should watch those. They're very good. They they bridge the stories between seasons one and two. Oh, yeah. So the, there's I, stuff I that happens no that like it, if you didn't watch the the uh, the special episodes that you kind of miss out on some of the context like the Rue episode in particular is tremendous. It's just like an, a 40 minute long, like my dinner with Andre, like in a diner of Rue and Ali, just like mm-hmm. just talking uh, like right kind of leading up into the events of season two. It's like oh, Christmas okay. time. It's yeah. very, very good. Highly recommended. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out. I, I had no idea. I didn't even realize that those were out there. So, okay, here's what I want to do. This has kind of gotten me into a bit of a tangent. Uh, Let's do like a tier ranking of streaming apps. Okay, okay. So as far as like navigation, playback quality, uh, ease of use. Interfaces, not the catalog, just the interface. Correct. Okay. Because, yeah, the the question that prompted the, the... prompt of this was why do streaming services suck and in my uh opinion their interface is number one reason why they all suck yes so so i can tell you right out the gate peacock is at the very bottom okay why do you say that uh it's it's janky as hell i have not found a single um a single device that it works well on not a single device have I, I, I haven't found anything that, it, that, that I think, oh, okay, so it's been optimized for this app or for this device. And that's why it sucks on everything else. No, it just, it just sucks on everything. You like, you go to click on buttons and they're not, um, they don't work. Like I'm on my Apple TV specifically, signing up on my phone was a chore. Um, their whole like free tier versus paid tier uh is pretty i find pretty confusing honestly um so yeah it's 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 i'm not a fan whatsoever okay i don't love peacock i don't know if it's my least favorite that's tough uh because i do like their live their quote live channels Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like peak background tv just throws something on and it just plays like a normal live tv station would but Yep. So you are referring to content and not the interface. No, I mean, I like that that structure of having that like okay. section of the app that just has that available. OK, that's fair. That's fair. 
Okay, so listing out the most popular ones we've got Amazon Prime Video, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount Plus, Peacock. Okay. And I guess we'll throw Apple TV in there as well. Okay. Um, I'm going to put Prime Video second from the bottom. Because I do not like, and this is this is purely preference, I hate their color palette. <laughs> and that's it, fair. It looks like they, well, and I mean, I think it's truth. They created the app almost a decade ago and all they have done is optimize it year after year after year it's still the same sharp corners uh everything looks almost skeuomorphic now or still i guess in my opinion Mm -hmm. um everything looks like it's buttons rather than just beautiful boxes with text and on top of them um and yeah uh, the color palette especially though i i absolutely hate it it just looks so dated and i'm amazed that they've gotten this far without changing it because it's definitely been the same color palette for i would guess at least five six years yeah i'm with you there i also dislike the prime video app um oh okay so i know we're not talking content but i've I've been opening the apps on my phone just to kind of see how i feel about them just straight off the bat peacock's (laughs) app is very bad but they did just get John Wick. So, I mean, we kind of got to give it some points for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's John true. Wick, Ocean's Eleven, the first Harry Potter movie, The Rock, Shallow Hal, Ben. We got, I mean, it's got to be above Amazon Prime Video just for that. <laughs> okay. All kidding aside with the content, I do think I dislike Prime Video more than Peacock. And it's been a while since I've used Prime Video, but this is why I primarily stopped using it was because they integrated in the paid content with the stuff that's included in Prime. So you could be watching a show and the first season of that show is included in Prime, but the second is not and not have any idea that that's happened until you can't watch the second episode or the second season without buying it. And that to me is extremely frustrating that their own catalog of stuff isn't actually the entirety of that like catalog. Yes. Um, I, I do agree with you that it feels almost clickbaity in a way. Um, or, or, um, um, uh, bait and switch. That's the term I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, yeah, because they, uh, yeah, they, that's actually what got me to start using, uh, prime video in the first place is I wanted to start watching doctor who this was back in like, Oh my God. Yeah. It has been the same interface for five or six years. Cause I started, I think it was 2017 or 2016 that I started watching doctor who, um, and, and got into it. And, uh, so I watched all the way up until the second to last season that was available at the time. Um, and then come to find out that the latest season was not available on Amazon prime. It, it wanted me to subscribe um, yep. to something. I don't remember who had it at the time, but yeah, exactly right. There was no indication whatsoever. Um, I finished up that last season and then I go into the next one and you have to subscribe or pay five ninety nine per episode or something like that. I'm like, no, that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so do we want to keep building from the bottom or do are we, are we cool with mixing it up? No, we can mix it up. Go for okay. it. Okay. I think my personal number one is Hulu. Hmm. I like Hulu's interface a lot. I also like how if you have Hulu Live, which I don't anymore, but I used to, how well it integrates Hulu Live content with regular Hulu. Um and I I think that their placement of the continue watch is very good. It's very consistent. I also like uh the way that like the seasons of TV shows are broken down with like the images, like a little, uh, it feels almost like an iPad app of sorts where you've got your column on the left-hand side with here's your list of seasons. And then you've got a screenshot or a still image of every episode that pertains that episode along with the title and then a brief description of it all kind Mm -hmm. of flowing in a very clean, organized way. It doesn't feel weird. Like, like Netflix, for example, when you're watching like Bake Off, 
and you're scrolling through the list of episodes. And when you click season seven, for some reason, it takes you not like to episode one of season seven, but it's not broken up by that. So if you scroll down, you start moving into season six. Yes. It doesn't segment it out by season. Well, it doesn't make a visual like indication that you're switching to the next season. And it's not always consistent in how it does. You have to you have to catch in the corner of your eye on the left that the season has changed as well when you're scrolling through the episodes on the right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I really like Hulu's interface. I think it's it's organized well and it's been fairly consistent for a long time, uh, especially on like TV apps. And it feels pretty consistent throughout the rest of their like the different platforms. So when I'm on my phone navigating Hulu, it feels similar to how I navigate Hulu on my TV. Yeah, I I will agree with you on that. I would actually I would rank Hulu at the top as well. It would certainly be number one for me too. Because and it wasn't until you mentioned integration, and I've I've also used Hulu Live TV in the past, um, and I did really like how well it integrated with every everything else in their catalog. Um, but I, I do actually I actually do the Disney bundle currently, and I like that I don't have to separately use ESPN Plus app. All of the ESPN mm. Plus live channels are integrated into the Hulu app. So when I go to Hulu, um, uh, right below their top like carousel, big screens uh, of the like the four or five things they're trying to get you to watch, mm-hmm. right below that it shows the live suggested uh, ESPN Plus events that are going at that time. Nice. Um, so that's I, I like that integration a lot too. Now, do I open those apps or open those channels very often? Not all that much, but it's nice to know I have those available. Uh, I think for me next probably disney plus i don't know it's tough for me it's either disney plus or netflix i'm gonna say netflix second and disney plus third which i i when thinking about it in my head it's really funny because you mentioned how great uh everything interface wise is laid out on hulu and it makes you wonder why it's not laid out the same on disney plus with just their disney color palette that's fair i almost wonder if it's well, I mean, it's obviously it's different teams that are building it. Yeah, but I mean, you want to think of synergy as well. Like you offer a Disney bundle, like Disney owns all three Hulu, ESPN Plus and and Disney, obviously. Why? Even if it's different teams, you would think that I think that I they want know. them to seem like very different products, though. I don't think Disney, even though they own them all, I think Disney wants people to see it as companies working together versus one company owns them <laughs> versus all. Versus a monopoly. The key to right. a successful monopoly is making it not look like a monopoly. <laughs> yes. And I think that's their goal too, because they don't I don't think they want it to feel the same. And mm-hmm. I mean they've even said so much as like with the, with their content saying, we're gonna have stuff come to Disney Plus that we make and we're gonna have other stuff go to Hulu because that's what that that platform's audience is for. So mm-hmm. I think I think that they see them as very different entities. Yeah, but I also the more I think about it, I don't like the Disney Plus app, so I'm changing my (laughs) my answer with that. I don't like the Disney Plus app at all. I I actually if it's not good, Uh, I I, it's definitely Netflix is number two, and I actually think it's Paramount Plus is number three. Um, Paramount Plus was going to be four for me, so I I, yeah I'm with you there. I don't have Paramount Plus. I think it's fitting to be in the middle because I don't have anything I strongly dislike about it, but I don't have anything I strongly like about it either. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm almost thinking about the HBO Max app more and more. I'm almost wanting to fight for it to be worse than Peacock. And for mm. like one big key piece is I hate the way they have their kind of like when we talk about these are the properties that we we offer, having mm-hmm. them all segmented away in like weird clusters of here's all of our studio Ghibli stuff. And then here's all of our DC stuff. And here's all of this stuff. And when you're scrolling through vertically on the apps, not having it broken up in a, a meaningful way of here's like some shows that people are liking. And then here's some of our DC shows. And then here's some shows that include Batman. And then here's some <laughs> shows that we really think that people who like Batman will like. And I was like, no, I, I don't. Why are you showing me this? Like, right. Give me an organized structure like they're the apps just 
function an organization, I actually think that I dislike it more than I dislike Peacock. The amount of, you know, it, boy, you know, a, AT&T really, really screwed up <laughs> because they, they were, I mean, as a carrier, you, col- you collect so much information of your subscribers. Why would you not have that information fed into an algorithm to determine what is the most effective uh, way to display shows towards the top, towards the bottom, wherever, um, just based off of media consumption as a whole, you can easily get like a, a um, oh, a word cloud of most popular trending things. Have that stuff be surfaced towards the top if it's real. If those shows that you have and movies that you have are relevant to what's the biggest word in that cloud there for you like i I don't understand why that why that's so difficult to do yeah uh i was just thinking about the other day scrolling through hbo max and seeing as i'm going through the list a big full page like taking up the entirety of my tv screen just the the movie poster for the wedding singer and that was what was the entirety of my TV screen there. So I'm scrolling down to try to find my continue watch. Because <laughs> it wasn't at the top anymore. It was below the wedding singer. And, you know, I just I really hate the HBO Max app. Yeah. They want to get their money's worth for, for purchasing Billy Madison movies for, for show, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> OK, so our tier list is Hulu at number one. Mm-hmm. Netflix at two. Yep. Uh, Disney at three. Yes. Paramount then Plus at Paramount. four. Mm-hmm. And then Peacock at five. HBO Max at six. Prime Video at seven. Okay. I I will allow HBO Max to slide down that far <laughs> only. Only because I I just remembered, and it could be a bug with with my uh, iPhone as well, because I am running the iOS 16 beta. But when I was using the virtual keyboard on there, I had this weird bug that when I was tapping um, skip back 10 seconds, my show was continuing to skip forward 10 seconds. <laughs> mm. And you know what? It, it couldn't have been an iPhone thing, because then when I grabbed my physical remote to skip back 10 seconds click 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 and i went forward 30 seconds <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay. also the hbo max app just in performance wise is hot garbage it is the slowest app it is yes. right i think hbo max is number one for slowest apps and then disney plus is number two disney plus is slow as shit yeah i think it's justified for disney no i mean you can't justify it realistically but they have a very large catalog to load up at least on the main screen um but the way but hbo max their tiles are so large that there's no reason for it to take that long to initially open um it it absolutely is the slowest well it has to move everything around real quick that's why it takes so long to open because it's (laughs) like hmm we haven't shown you this in this order yet let's let's goof it up real quick for you it's running its shuffle algorithm (laughs) right yes um which fun fun little side note that i uh learned of uh recently is that um shuffle for the uh uh, for apple apple shuffle uh was initially too good at shuffling and so it used to be entirely random come to find out that it was so random that when a song would play back to back because it was random chance people were dissatisfied with that because they thought, well, that's not random. It's playing the same song back to back. So hmm. they had to tweak it even more so, so that would randomize, I guess, less often so that it would know it's not putting the same song back to back again. Interesting. Yeah. That is a cool a little side note that I thought of when you mentioned shuffle there. Yeah. So yeah. speaking of, uh, streaming services, mm-hmm. the NFL is launching NFL plus maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Eh, we don't know much about it. I, yeah, exactly. They, they haven't really said anything other than the fact that they want to be closer to the fans, which is the most meaningless phrase mm-hmm. I think they could possibly say. Uh, my guess is it's going to be like a CNN plus kind of bonus content kind of app because I still talk about the fact that Sunday ticket 
exists and its contract is up with DirecTV at the end of the year after this season. So who knows who's going to get that deal? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel about NFL, NFL Plus. Like, I don't know what the value is there. Yeah, I mean, uh, speaking of Sunday Ticket, real quick too, uh, and Goodell did say um, that he sees that being a streaming future as well. So I think it's safe to assume that there will not be another um, satellite-based company purchasing, um, and Directv will not be renewing uh, the rights to str- to have Directv or to have some, uh, NFL Sunday Ticket. Um, with that in mind, yeah, I mean NFL Plus, I. I could see them taking a direction of like, oh, five or ten dollars a month. Um, I get exclusive content for my team. Um, maybe even like a hard knock series of sorts um, during the off season to tie me over until I can actually watch them play football in the fall again, um, and get a lot more behind the scenes, some more time with them being filmed on the sidelines or something during like practices and warm-ups and stuff that would be interesting i i don't think i would pay for that but i know people would so i wouldn't pay for it myself either but i think that that's i i that's the route i can see it going yeah that's fair i mean i could see them doing like exclusive interviews with people uh you probably have never watched this but uh there is a I think it's on uh, I think it's a New England Patriots website like talk show. I don't know if it goes to any other like live broadcast station, but basically they it's like a coffee with coach and it's Bill Belichick and uh, an interviewer and they just go over game tape, which is like, OK, incredible. It is one of the most enjoyable like for football fans. Not even Patriot fans like myself, and I know this is going to sound very like Patriot evangelical on you, but Bill Belichick is one of the most intelligent football minds out there. And to hear him break down a play is one of the most exciting things as a football fan, because he's just so smart about the game and like acknowledging where they screwed up or where they did something really well and like where the player blew coverage and where that, that exact moment was when they knew that they, this is the way where the play was going. It's just very, very cool. And I, that is actually content I would consider paying for if they got something like that to where bringing in more, not scripted, but planned. Let's bring in coaches and have them break down game tape or talk about, uh, like their thoughts and opinions on trade deals or things like that, just like from other teams doing stuff. I would love to hear that kind of stuff. Or maybe say former quarterbacks, I don't know, Romo possibly that (laughs) commentates and gives his insight on what they're likely going to do in that game scenario and that sort of thing. Cause I mean, that's something that I think was very popular. Um, You know what they're going to do. I, I, I'm putting my stamp on this as like this is a called shot. Uh, they're gonna have the Manning brothers for sure. Have a have a like an oh, exclusive show on NFL Plus. Well, can they though? Because Disney's already got them for ESPN Monday nights and Thursday nights. I think now too. Well, doesn't that also affect the Romo thing? Isn't he with? Is he with NBC or is he with? Fox, I don't know, or CBS. Romo is. I don't remember. I don't remember for sure which Romo's with. I think CBS. That sounds right because I'm pretty okay, sure yeah. it was. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was uh, afternoons mostly that I caught him doing yeah. his commentation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think CBS. I think you're right. Um. But I think I think um I I could see them doing some kind of tr- uh, some kind of duo like that again though too. Um, I think seen yeah if they can get like big name uh players uh kind of coming out of the woodwork again that we haven't really heard from too much post their nfl career and hearing kind of their takes on it um someone like i'd like to hear honestly i would love to see uh richard sherman break down cornerback coverage yeah like he he is a, a he doesn't his attitude on the field makes him seem kind of uh, not a very intelligent person sometimes, but um, but he's definitely hearing him talk post game uh, after he's cooled down from the heat of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, 
he definitely, yeah, he he definitely has has put in a lot of work mentally um, and understanding what to expect. And, and yeah, so just situations like that, I, I think you're right. I think getting getting that player or coach that has a lot of expertise in one little area and hearing their two cents on different scenarios would be very very cool. I think. Yeah, and I honestly, I probably would subscribe for something like that. But you know, I would they have much to rather listen to like players and coaches talk about this kind of stuff than like mm-hmm. any of the goobs that they have on like the the actual like the sports people that they get that aren't former yeah. players or coaches like um, like uh, uh skip and shannon and and them kind of guys you're talking about i mean yes i mean i know that like shannon sharp is a former player and like it was well, a very good player it, but they're not they're doing it more for like the the bit of it and for the fact that they're just arguing about garbage i don't want to yeah. hear that i want to hear them yeah like talk intelligently about the game. Like, right. Which I, I'm um, sure that they are all very capable of doing, but they don't get paid to do that. They get paid to bicker like old men about nothing. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, though, that they have to include with, with the beginning of your subscription, they, you, they have to include an NFT for you. Ugh, no, thanks. All right, and, and, and we officially hit that point. We have to stop talking about NFL Plus. Uh, so uh, there was some uh, a big game uh, teaser this week. Yes, uh, we got a teaser of God of War Ragnarok this week. Uh, and not only that, but also a uh, date reveal for the launch. It is going to launch on November 9, 2022. Uh, I, for one, am very excited. Uh, I played the first one and absolutely loved it. Um, to the point that I, I actually beat all of the um, Valkyries in it as well. Um, I don't, did you get through God of War yourself? Yes. Yeah, I adored it. I played it nonstop until I finished it, and I bought mm-hmm. it again on PC, uh, particularly because I wanted to play it on my Steam Deck. Uh, mm-hmm. And like, I think I'm going to play it around October, leading up to the release of the sequel, just so I can have it fresh and like in my head. Yeah, I honestly, I think I, I beat it. Um, I think it was almost a year ago already. And it's, it's one of the few games that, uh, play. I, well, first off, I mean, it's one of the few single player campaign story-based games that I was able to actually keep my attention with. The, it was able to keep my attention the whole way through. Um, cause it's pretty rare for me to finish, uh, the campaign for a game. And not only that, but the story runs so well with me that I, uh, I, I still remember it perfectly. Like I, the, the reveal at the end and everything, like I, I'm very mm-hmm. stoked for a sequel. So same. Yeah. I'm, I'm big hype. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, I mean, that's really literally all we got. It was like a, it was like a 10, 15 second teaser, uh, and the date reveal. So I, I worry that we're probably going to see it pushed out a little bit further, to be honest, uh, hopefully still before Christmas. Um, but we'll see. I mean, they I think it's Santa Monica Studios that does that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've already said early, uh, early this year, um, they're going to take the necessary time with it. They're not going to rush it out or anything like that. So, I mean, they're not afraid to say we need more time. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was Corey Barlog, who's like the creative director of, like, of the game specifically said like two weeks ago no we're not behind like we're Mm -hmm. not running behind on this game don't worry about it we're we have not released a date for a reason but we are not running behind yeah which is interesting to me that he would say that two weeks before they release the date though too um because i know uh there i mean there was a couple different game events that came up and there was no more talk of ragnarok no more talk of ragnarok they just it was the state of play last year i think that they just teased Mm -hmm. the name itself and that was it and then it was just complete radio silence since then. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, great to finally get that uh, and get that out there. And I cannot wait for November now. I almost wonder if that is how the industry is going to start moving is more to this. I think I think it would be wise if we could just get into a point where we're not doing these like far off teases like multi-year in advance game teases, because that just, yes, it does build hype. But if it's a sequel game, you're you're just feeding flames into shitty fans. Uh, like there were. There were threats to people at Santa Monica Studio because they had not said anything about the game other than the title and mm-hmm. like coming at 
game designers and developers on this game. Like that sucks that because these fans knew that this game was coming, even though they didn't know when they just get riled up about it for nothing. Whether then you have games that like are surprise drops and they're coming fairly soon. You can keep that stuff close to your chest and then let people know about it. I don't know. I think that would be a, a good move for the industry. And there are some games that have been doing that that are kind of like surprise reveals that are coming soon kind of thing. Yeah, I think not only that, but like, I mean, as gamers appreciate the work that these developers are putting into their games, understand that it's going to take more time and it's going to be a better game for the time you're allowing them to take. Like I, I think about um, like cyberpunk. I still not, I still haven't touched cyberpunk because it just, it was so rushed. It's, it felt like um, at the very beginning there. And uh, I, I feel like I've heard enough about all the bugs and kinks and everything being worked out, but there was so much hype leading up to it. And then it just kind of crashed and burned when it launched because there was too much pressure on getting it out on a deadline instead of taking their sweet time, getting it right. I think cyberpunk is a good example of a situation where um, too much, uh, too much hype leading into it. Um, and, and it ultimately resulted in not so great of sales. Well, look at Starfield, like the first yeah. new Bethesda IP since. What was it? What was the last new IP? I don't know. It's a big it's a big release for them yeah. for being new stuff. That's not Fallout or Elder Scrolls. Um, was Anthem? Was that? No, that's EA. That's Bioware. Oh, that's right. OK. Uh, but uh, Starfield is a game that they've teased for seven, eight years now, and they had to push it again mm-hmm. into next year. And they I mean, they had released last summer during Summer Games Fest. They're like November that they, they showed a teaser. It was all cinematics, no gameplay. And the final shot of the teaser was the computer screen with a date. And it was like November 20 something, 2022. And yeah, here we are. We had to push it. Sorry. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that like, uh, like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is a great example of a game that like they took a long time leading up to like Brilliant Diamond and Arceus and then now Scarlet and Violet, where they've had these games in development for a long time and they had, didn't say anything about them. Like it was pretty much nothing after uh, Sword and Shield on updates to new games. And then they're like, hey, you know what? In six months, we got a new one for you. We know we mm-hmm. just released Arceus that was supposed to come out last year, but pandemic slowed us down. But we had a game release in January. We're going to give you a handful of months. And now we're going to announce a game that's coming out five months from now. Here you go. Get, yeah. get excited like that's great i think that's how games should start to be moving towards because then I there's agree. no build up and then potential fizzle out because there's a lot of games that get released that i was excited about like there's a game called Scalebound, which was a platinum games joint that was gonna be an xbox exclusive it kind of had like a uh avatar like combining with a dragon and flying around but also had like a cool devil may cry energy to it. Like it was a platinum game, a hack and slash, you know, beat em up kind of game, but set in a fantasy world, but also had like hip hop music and like headphones and shit in it. It was wild. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just died. N- nothing. And like, they got us hyped up. And for those that cared about that stuff and it just went away because yeah. they talked about it too early. Yeah. Yeah, agree. I think there. I I like I like the um the, the um uh, game freak. Yeah, I like the game freak approach with uh with the Pokemon games and waiting till uh yeah about six months before they're ready to release it and saying hey we're gonna release release this in six months. There's no reason. There was no reason to announce Starfield as early as they did. Like it, it's just there no reason what's because that just puts more pressure on the developers too. Um, to, well, look at Elder Scrolls Six. Yeah. They, yeah. What did they show like a, a cinematic over the a mountaintop with Elder Scrolls six and that's it? Yeah, that was what. And that was four, four years, ago? years ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that now the thing about that one though too is like Elder Scrolls has been going on for I mean what almost two decades now, um, and so or almost three now I think right wasn't the first one like early nineties? I don't know. 
Um, anyways, it, but the thing about that though, too, is like everyone expects a sequel for those. So they were already being pressed and pressed. When's number six coming out? When's number six coming out? So like, I don't know. I, it's tough with a game like that. I mean, you look at the same situation with GTA six. I mean, everyone expects there to be another sequel. So they're already going to have that pressure on there. I mean, what are they going to do? <laughs> I mean, they could just say, we're not going to do it or we're working on our next project and just that's it. There's a lot of studios that do that. Uh, who was it? Um, just this week, a studio was like, we are not working on a new Sly Cooper game. <laughs> it's <just> like, oh. <laughs> there's, there's no Sly Cooper game in development. Stop. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, where's my where's my F Zero game? Haven't haven't seen that since was, I think it was I think I just saw it was oh oh three I think was the last time an F Zero came out on uh, really? Nintendo. Yeah, it's been a long time. Uh, I'm pretty mm. sure it was the I'm pretty sure it was the GameCube the GameCube F Zero racing game. I can't remember the title now, but that was the last actual f-zero game so uh but yeah i mean maybe they'll do a, a yeah nintendo kind of thing where we'll just get one of the uh nintendo um uh what do they call their events directs yeah nintendo we'll get a nintendo direct and they'll say in six months we got an f-zero game for you and that's perfect that's like the perfect amount of time six months i mean yeah hey, that's what happened I with need- metroid dread last year it was just a. Yeah, everyone's been waiting for Metroid Prime Four, and there's been so much in the way of that game. And they're like, uh, "Well, we got a new one for you. Here's Metroid Dread, and it rips. Uh, and it's yeah. coming out in three months. Here you go." Yep, yep, exactly. And, and I mean, and well, and they had a uh, trial or demo ready for it right away too, because like I played the demo on my Switch and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's enough about games. We got to move on. Uh, yep. Big segment of the week. We're only doing one this week because there wasn't a whole lot of news. Uh, but this one is this is a big one. Um, we're not going to go s- too much into it unless we do, but I don't plan on it uh, just because it gets into pretty nitty gritty uh, of like science. But the James Webb telescope launched. It was supposed to launch several years ago. It got pushed and pushed and pushed. It finally launched in December. Uh, I believe it launched on Christmas Day. Uh, and then it had to do this like unfurling thing. If you're familiar with the James Webb telescope or not, basically it's the, the follow-up of sorts to the Hubble telescope. It's an infrared telescope, and in order for it to function, it needs to have these sun shields to protect it from heat. So there's a whole bunch of things that could go wrong with the launch of the telescope, and essentially... Very few of those things went wrong. It did get hit by uh, like a small meteorite, uh, which damaged, I believe, one of the uh, like one of the shields. Um, not enough to where it is going to cause problems. Uh, but the reason why this is so important is the this telescope can see way farther out than the Hubble telescope can, and it's it's an infrared uh, telescope, so it can kind of filter through dust and noise um it's it's very cool it is very promising for to be able to see i guess the goals of it are can we see far enough away because as we know from what we know the universe is moving outwards uh from the the big bang the point at which the universe started its outward trajectory if we can see far enough away towards where the big bang happened we can start seeing or the opposite direction far enough away out from it we might be able to see remnants of what actually happened when the big bang happened um we might be able to see other earth-like planets out there that their atmospheres match what we have to be able to sustain uh life like we have on earth we might be able to see uh, how a better representation of how like planets are formed or how like suns collapse and all these different things that can we, we might be able to see at a better like distance away from us than we can currently see. Uh, the reason why we're talking about this right now is the first images of the from the telescope are going to be released next week. 
um, which is very, very exciting. I, we don't know what it's going to look like. They've list, uh, teased a list of uh, things that are, are possibly going to be on this uh, set of photos. Uh, but it's very exciting. It's, it's, it's going to hopefully teach us a whole lot about the creation of the universe, how fast the universe is expanding. We don't know that. But if we can see far enough away, we might be able to see uh, the rate at speed at which we're moving. Um, and th- yeah, there's just so much that this this can potentially teach us about the universe. Yeah, I'm I'm very ex- I I just want to find other life. I mean, it's foolish to to um, uh, frankly, it's foolish to um, believe that we are the only life forms in all of the universe. Um, it's, it's, uh, I mean, like you said, it's the thought that, um, we'll be able to point closer to where the, uh, big bang originated and possibly see generations of planets that or remnants of generations of planets that came before our own, um, is really, really cool to think about. And I think that the, um, just the, the ramifications of, of textbooks for, for science and, and, uh, and all that, and, and maybe possibly even history um, could be rewritten based off of what this telescope finds. Uh, so it's, just, it's, it's very, very, very exciting news. Yeah. I mean, this is getting very conceptual and it's, it's not possible right now. Or, or potentially ever, because you'd have to move faster than the speed of light to achieve this. But there's this scientific theory that if you could put a mirror in space far enough away, beyond, like, essentially farther out than light has traveled away from us, you can, in theory, see into the past because you could reflect light back that's from the past because light is ever moving, right? Does that, like, that concept... Did I explain yeah, that well yeah, that enough? Makes, that ma- yeah, that makes sense. Um, so while we wouldn't be able to achieve that, if we could see stuff moving away from us, we might be able to glean information about, you know, where we might be headed, the like, the formation of everything. I don't know. There's just so much possibility with this that being able to see farther out can, can lead to us. I just think it's fascinating. I, I love space. I've always loved space. And I think this is just going to teach us so much. Yeah, I think that uh, I think this is one of those things that while a lot of people may not take notice of it right now, um, I think that decades from now, we're going to look back. And, and like I said, this uh, some of the um, results may may rewrite history for us. Yeah, absolutely agree. Uh, so I think that that ends it for our, uh, our topics of the week. Um, and we didn't, our big segment wasn't the longest segment, but I think it is the one that has the most impact. Uh, there's just not a lot to talk about it other than the fact that it took a long time to open and a lot of things could go wrong that didn't. And we're very lucky that it was, a, it was a one, one shot, like, you know, mom's spaghetti and everything. Uh, if we didn't <laughs> get that telescope out there in the right spot at the right time without, and getting the, the sun shield unfurled. We only had the one, one telescope and it took this long to make it. And it took a whole lot of money. There's no way they would ever make another one. Uh, so it's just very cool. And the implications are, are, are huge with it. Uh, yeah. To give an idea. I mean, I believe they, they started plans um, like immediately after uh, the previous telescope was finished. Um, Cause like some of the, some of the tech in this, um was some of the designs were created uh for using tech that had come out shortly after the previous telescope was made and some of it was the development of the telescope itself was delayed because the tech wasn't ready yet so they had to wait for that tech to be available as well so it's just it's it's funny to hear of the um uh compatibility between some super old tech that they had the original plans with and some of the technology that they had to wait for as well. Um, so it's, it's yeah, it's really cool. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it was supposed to originally launch in 2012. I mean, it's been, mm-hmm. it's been 10 years since this thing was supposed to actually get out there and it's just been delayed and delayed and delayed. But yeah, um, so space is cool. Uh, wrapping up, let's do our uh, weekly recommendations. What do you got, Ben? What are you recommending <laughs> us this week? 
Uh, well, as I alluded to earlier in the episode, my recommendation is Hunter Hunter. Definitely check it out. Uh, right now, I'm currently on a story arc with uh, the Chimera Ants. So when you start getting into it, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's it's a blast. It's a blast. Really, really enjoying it. And I, I, what I like about this anime in particular is when um, when they do their fight scenes, it's very very analytical. Um, especially they've kind of scaled that back just a little bit and gotten more story driven, which I'm fine with too. But what got me originally is it's very much like. Um, um the uh sherlock holmes uh with robert downey jr where he's boxing the other guy and he just like breaks everything down in slow motion and says like okay now he's going to do this well now he's got uh i don't know sweat on his brow or something so he's going to wipe that and then do this and that kind of thing and just and then so i'm going to do this because of that and just that kind of breakdown of of why he's doing what and why his opponent is doing what he's doing as well um, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. That's what drew me in originally. Uh, yeah, cannot recommend enough. Check it out. It is very good. I have not watched it in a few years, uh, but I was also in the Chimera Ant arc, but I got up to where the dub stopped. Uh, so that's when I stopped watching it. Uh, but if they continue on where I was at, I will definitely dip back in. Um, just content warning, there's some pretty gross stuff, uh, especially around like that pedophilia in that show. Uh, and in the manga, so that that is something to keep yes. in mind before going into it. It is still tremendous, uh, but know that going in, there is some there is some gross things that you may not want to see, uh, and, and it may be triggering for people. And we absolutely don't want to uh, get anyone into that kind of stuff. Correct. And for yeah, for for those that it's not triggering, and you want to give the show a try, um, I will say at least in. Um, and the uh, early episodes that, that it, uh, occurred in it, it felt like it was uh, fleeting, at least, and very quickly. It wasn't lingered. It wasn't a whole, like, focal story point or anything like that, I felt like. But, but yes, yeah. that, is a, that is a fair warning. I appreciate that. Uh, my recommendation of the week, uh, I was going to bring Jujutsu Kaisen. I've been reading the manga. I wa- the anime is perfect. Uh, and I've been... Uh, Catching up on the manga, I'm not done yet, but I didn't want to bring manga twice in uh, in a row. So my real recommendation, I've been uh, watching season four of Stranger Things. Uh, I am three episodes in. I've started the fourth. It's very good. Uh, I don't know what happened. I think it's just time, I guess. But I loved season one. Uh, season two, I kind of like was OK with. Season three really got me back in. I liked season three a lot. I know a lot of people didn't love it, but. I thought it was fantastic. I liked the 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 new character in Robin. I really enjoyed the new character dynamics between like Dustin and Steve uh, and like the new pairings they kind of did. I don't know. I really liked season three, but I just had no interest in season four uh, when it came out. But knowing that it's finished, that they've gotten the, the season wrapped up. I was bored and I turned on Netflix and I was like, ah, I'll give it a try. And then I watched three episodes straight. Um, it, it absolutely hooked me. It sucked me right back in. It is fun. It's fantastic. Um, is it the best written show out there? No. Is it like, are there some problems with it? Absolutely. But it's a lot of fun. It is a good watch and I am excited to dip back in. I'll probably do that after we finish recording. I'll watch <laughs> some more of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll certainly echo alongside you that, um, season two was just mad first, first season, obviously, uh, yeah really really good second season was was just okay third season i i just i love the whole mall setting um and, and and all that and and some of the new character introductions and everything and uh billy's just whole story arc through that too was was very very good uh as well and and i also yeah enjoyed all the different pairings and it's fun watching some characters that were like introduced in, in season two and having them interact with different groups of people in season three. Um, and I think that that really helped the show come into its own in season three for sure. Um, and I mean, kind of like you, I probably wouldn't have gotten into uh, season four right away. Uh, had my wife not been a big Stranger Things fan as well. Um, she, yeah, we watched it right away as soon as it came out. And I'm thankful that we did. I, I didn't really see where the story could go from there. 
Um, but it's, it's yeah, very, very, very well thought out. Um, start kind of connecting some dots from earlier seasons. So you can definitely tell, I believe they've, I believe they've already confirmed that season five will be their last season. Um, yeah. so you can kind of get the sense watching season four that they are start starting to try to tie up some, some loose ends already. So that was, that was good to see too, instead of opening more possibilities. When I, I think for me, the reason why I've been so lukewarm on it was just because it's been so long since season three wrapped. Uh, I just I find it so hard to be like excited to dip back in. Uh, yeah, and the pandemic certainly didn't help with uh, with um, with recording for it and filming and everything. Um, but I I will make the argument, too, if we kind of look back at uh, the whole games conversation we had, they did a good job of not overhyping it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, I do. I want to sneak in another recommendation real fast because it just it hit me. I forgot to talk about it uh, last week. Um, I watched Barry, the newest season of Barry. Are you familiar with the show? I'm familiar. I have not watched all of it. I watched like the first half of the first season. Oh, it is a perfect show. Uh, absolutely. Like if there's a, a priority list of shows to watch, Barry needs to be at the top. It is so, so, so freaking good. Every single season is just they keep adding more and more and more layers of uh, like just conceptual, like talking about, I guess, mental illness and also about depression and kind of digs in a lot about what it's like to be an actor, like more than you'd think it would be. Mm-hmm. It's super dark and it's hilarious and it's some of the best acting I've ever seen in a show ever. It's absolutely tremendous i cannot what? recommend it enough uh it's got some big comedic wild. names too um oh yeah it's got and some big names too. yeah bill Hader and henry winkler as well no uh, of at least course. in the first season i don't know if he's any further than that but at least in the first he, season he is a shining light in the show <laughs> uh and they've got you know a, a lot of other um oh, oh what's her name she was in a good place as the um she was Janet in The Good Place. Oh, yes. Um, I can't think of the actress's name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. She is yeah. great. Yeah. She's fantastic in the show as well. Uh, it's just, it's so, so. Oh, Stephen Root, um, who was, uh, oh, he's been in everything, but he was, I think most people remember him. He's the stapler guy from Office Space. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, tremendous in that show as well. Uh, the plot is. Uh, an ex-marine turned uh, hitman decides he doesn't want to kill people anymore and he wants to become an actor. I, that's It can't get more of silly in concept mm-hmm. than that, but they just really nail it. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. I, I will probably get back into that after I get through and caught up on Hunter Hunter. Fair. Yeah. Alright. Well, that does it this week for us. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, please give us a rating. Uh, give you know, share us with your friends, people who you think might be interested in tech. Uh, we do this every week. And uh, and yeah, we'll be back in next week with the latest news and our, our big topics. I've been Jake. And I'm Ben. Toodles. See ya.